Father, it's um, it's amazing that you are such a, a big God as we've been singing about, a God who is overall, and yet you're also a God who is so uh, intimate and so close. And Lord, you know all that's going on in our hearts and our minds. And thank you, Lord, that we can we can pour that out before you, that we can we can uh, give it over into your hands. We don't have to face it alone. We don't have to summon up all the answers right now. I thank you that you are a God who walks with us. And Lord, as we come to explore uh, just a few verses from the Bible, Lord, we pray and ask for your help. That, that you, the living Lord Jesus, would meet us through your living word. And that you'd, you'd, you'd meet us in your, by your spirit within us. That this wouldn't just be another message, but it would be a, an opportunity for, for you to embrace us and, and meet us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are, we're in the book of Ephesians. We're, we're, we're kind of on a little journey through Ephesians at the moment. And we're in chapter 3 this morning. And we're going to be looking at verses 14 to 21. And we're going to be thinking about this prayer for the church in Ephesus. Prayer is a very personal and intimate thing, isn't it? As we talk to our Heavenly Father, as we talk to, to the God who knows us better than we know ourselves, a God who, who created us, it, it, it's, a, it's a precious and, uh, and, and very personal thing is prayer. Our prayers reveal what's important to us. Our prayers reveal who and what we love. Our prayers reveal what's significant to us and what our priorities are. I wonder what the prayer of your heart's been this week, this year. Looking at our prayers gives us an insight into what's kind of significant, what's big in our lives. And it's very personal often, very uh, very intimate. As, uh, as many of you know, before uh, beginning to serve in this church, I worked, uh, worked at Cape Marie and... Uh, and, and, and serving with lots of young adults. And one of the things that, that, we, that we did every year in different guises, we would have a bit of time uh, where I would be with, uh, with the gentlemen, with, uh, with just the guys, just the guy students. And uh, what we would do, obviously, is take our shirts off and light big fires. That's just a joke. We didn't, we never did that. Um, but in different ways, different guises, often involving food, we'd have time to kind of time to connect, time to kind of talk and share and, and ask questions. And one of the questions that nearly always came up um, was about relationships. And, uh, and that's fairly normal. In fact, really healthy uh, is, uh, is mainly young men were kind of looking, at, looking forward, looking at the trajectory of their lives, thinking about how they were going to kind of approach things, how they were going to uh, do life. Um, thinking about singleness, thinking about potentially getting married was very normal and just kind of thinking through how, how they want to do that. 
And I remember one particular occasion where we were talking, there was just a small group of us, uh, and, and one fellow said that he'd uh, just started kind of going out with, whatever phrase you want to use, going out with, courting, dating, whatever, getting to know somebody. And he said, uh, do you think we should be praying together? And, uh, and some of the group we were in said, uh, absolutely, yes, it's very important to pray together because uh, as you kind of share these kind of deep parts of, of life, it's a way of building together. And on the flip side, another kind of equally strong percentage of the group was saying, no, 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 or not yet. Ultimately, of course, yes. But, it, but prayer is so intimate. You're revealing your, your, the, the very kind of, core things of who you are it, it, it's so personal it's 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 much more intimate than holding hands and they were saying just just is there a, is there an appropriate time that that comes in i wonder how you would have been the person to respond next i wonder what you would say i'll leave that for you to talk about afterwards prayer is 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 deeply deeply personal the children this week had caught them singing uh, a song, and I'd not heard this song before. Um, but but um, I, I kind of we chatted, and they, they showed me it. And uh, it's a song; it just repeats this line over again: "Prayer is pouring out, pouring out, pouring out our hearts to God. Prayer is pouring out our hearts to God." And 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 Psalm sixty-two verse eight says that: "Trust in Him at all times, O people, and pour out your hearts before Him." For God is a refuge for us. And what we're going to look at this morning is, is a prayer for the church in, in Ephesus. It's Paul pouring out his heart for, for, the, for the people there. And we're going to just have a, a really simple look at this prayer as we think about what it might mean for us to pour out our hearts to God. And what that might mean, what that might look like. Let me give a little reminder of where we're up to in Ephesians. We're, we're coming to the end of, of chapter Three and, and Ephesians has six chapters, so we're about halfway through. And, and the book is broken down really into two parts. The first part, chapters one to three, is, is Paul outlining the kind of wonder of the good news. That just the, the incredible, incredible, amazing news of what all that Jesus has done for us. And he's writing it from prison. And uh, he's not kind of addressing a certain issue like he's in Galatians. He's, it's this overview, this big picture of, of what God has done for us. And that's chapter 1 and 3. Chapter 4 to 6 is practically then what does that mean? What does it look like? How is this going to be evidenced in how we live? And that's where we're, we're going to be moving on to. And, and so this kind of summary of this first chapter, first part of Ephesians is where we're up to. And Paul's followed this pattern where he, he started with praise and then he's gone into prayer and then some, some teaching. And now he finishes with, with, with prayer and praise. It's this kind of worship service flow of, uh, of this first, chapter, first uh, half of Ephesians. And, and that's where we're up to. So let me read it for us. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long 
and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We're going to, uh, we're going to seek to, to, to look at these verses. And, and we're going to I just have three words that's going to help us just kind of hopefully connect and reflect on what we're seeing. And maybe uh, apply it as well. Just, just three words. The first one is this, kneel. The first word is, is kneel. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I kneel. Paul is, is praying for, for the church and he's in prison. That's what chapter 3 verse 1 says. Chapter 4 verse 1. He's in prison. So it's probably a house arrest sort of situation. But either way, he's, he's, he's not free. He's be, he's, he'll be watched. He's being watched. Probably through the day, he has a degree of, of sort of freedom. And then he's chained to a Roman guard at night. And so as he kneels, he, at best he's been watched. Uh, quite likely, he's actually chained to a guard as he kneels to pray. It's quite, quite a thought. And, and, and so, so there's this kind of sacrifice involved as he, as he kneels. And it's this display of, of humility, of, of recognising he's coming before a God who's greater than he is, bigger than him, greater than him. And, and as we just zoom out for a moment, as you kind of track through the scriptures, fairly often when people come to pray, they kneel. Solomon knelt to pray and so did Ezra. Daniel knelt to pray and was also being watched while he prayed. Stephen uh, knelt as he was uh, praying. Peter did and Paul does here. The early church knelt as they prayed. And people who came to uh, encounter the Lord Jesus in the Gospels often knelt before him. Now, we know, of course, the wonder is that we don't have to kneel to pray. There's lots of examples in the scriptures where people are not kneeling as they pray. It's not a, it's not a, a command that we have to. But it is there frequently enough for us to take note of it. It's there frequently enough to, for us to ponder it, to, to think about it. And the incredible thing is that as, as followers of Jesus, as those who've given their lives to him, as those who've been saved by him, he comes to live within us. God himself comes to live within us. He comes to live with us by his spirit. Christ in us. And so we can talk to him at all times and in every situation. We can pray continually as we see in, in Thessalonians 5. We can talk to him in that, in that meeting. We can talk to him as we're, we're driving the car. As we're trying to go to sleep at night and we just can't. We can speak to the Lord. We can always be praying. But maybe there's something significant about a time set aside to pray. We've got this wonderful freedom and, and, and privilege that we can always pray. We can always be talking to him. But maybe it's good to have an appointment with him and keep it. Maybe it's good to, to have that time where we, 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 we recognize that we're coming before him and we set that time aside as we pray, maybe as we kneel. Corrie Ten Boon, um, one of my, my, my heroes, really, and, and she said this, don't just pray when you feel like it, but have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. 
a man is powerful on his knees. And, and there's something, isn't there, about coming before God in, in that way. We don't have to kneel. Not everyone can kneel. It, 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 but that intentionalness of, of coming before him to, to pour out our hearts before him. And, 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 and why this might be important is, uh, just again, looking at Ephesians as a whole, there's this kind of gentle theme that runs through Ephesians about our posture. And so in, in chapter 2, we start off with, with we were dead in our transgressions and sin. We were, you know, horizontal. We were, we were dead. But because of God's grace, because of his kindness and his power and his love, he's raised us up. So in chapter 2, verse 6, we are, God raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. So we were horizontal, now we're seated. We're part of God's family. That all the blessings, all the privileges of, 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 of the Lord Jesus are, are given to us. How remarkable. What a verse that is that we're raised up and seated with him in the heavenly realms. So we're seated. As the book of Ephesians goes on, it talks more and more practically about how we are to live as you live. And one of the pictures for how we live comes in chapter 2, verse 4. Let me just give you a little run-up for it. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. We were horizontal. Then we were, we're seated with him. We have all the blessings of being part of his family. And we're to walk following his example. We're to live in his way. We are to walk. And then in chapter 6, in those famous verses about the armor of God, we read about taking our stand. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with, and so it goes on, uh, with the armour of God. We're seated with Christ. We have all the blessings of being with him. We walk in the way of love and we stake our stand against the enemy's schemes. And, 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 and maybe, maybe what links sitting down and walking and standing is time on our knees. Maybe it's time on our knees as we're with the Lord, whether that's physically or whether that's, you know, just time with him to, to, to reinforce all that we have in him, that we're seated with him in the heavenly realms, that, to reinforce his example and who he is as he lives his life out through us as we walk through life and to enable us to stand against the enemy's scheme. We are, Paul begins by kneeling, to kneel. There's times to kneel as we pour out our hearts to him. The second word is ask. Ask. Paul prays, doesn't he? And he, and he begins to, to ask God for things. He's praying for the church, praying for the community. He is praying for collectively the church. But it's true for us individually as well as together. Let's read what Paul prays for. And these are densely packed verses. So uh, let's go for it. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I've got to read those verses a few times. It's, It's densely packed in there. And this is going to be a very light summary of that. But what's Paul praying? Well, at least he's praying this. He's praying that that we might make room for the Lord in our hearts. We might make room that he might strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Praise that, that, that we might be strengthened in our inner being by his spirit. I'm not going to ask you to do this, but but I wonder if we were to, to kind of have a little survey and we were to put our hands up, who would feel that I need some strength in my inner person? I think most of us would say yes to that. I think most of us would say, yeah, I, I need some strength to, to, to be able to handle the story that God's entrusted to me. To, to be able to handle the, the, the pressures and, and the strains the the uncertainties, whatever it is that that's kind of fills our hearts, that the story we've been given, and we need we need his strength to do that, and his strength comes from his spirit that lives within. His, he 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 lives within us, but so often our hearts get so crowded with everything else. They're so crowded with, with that con- those, those concerns that, that, that are there and, and need to be dealt with. Those worries, those insecurities, the stuff, the questions about the future, the, the stuff that plagues us from the past. And, and, it, and it gets our hearts and it squeezes it down, choking it. And the Lord says, the prayer that Paul prays is that God's spirit who lives within us, where strengthen us. With, with, with power that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. The, the incredible thing is, in, in the Old Testament, Paul, uh, Paul, in the Old Testament, David, um, he writes Psalm 23 and uh, he finishes that psalm by saying, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to be with the Lord forever. It's beautiful. And the wonder is that because of the Lord Jesus, because he's come, because of his forgiveness and grace, because of his sacrificial death on the cross and his incredible resurrection, that we don't have to go and dwell in the Lord's house forever, but that he comes to dwell in us forever. That he comes to make his home in our lives that he comes to, to, to dwell. It's a great word, dwell. Dwell. The more you say it, the better it gets. He comes to dwell in our hearts. He comes to, to, and, and the prayers, let's make room for him. Let's make room for him in our hearts. If that is a prayer for first century Ephesus, I think it's equally valid for 21st century sophisticated Carnforth. Let's make room for him in our hearts, but also in our minds. Verse 17, the second part of the prayer says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, a beautiful phrase, 
may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. To grasp. It's another good word. Grasp. That we might grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know the love that surpasses knowledge. Incredible. That we, that just as our hearts get full, so do our minds. That we might grasp this love. The, the, the depth of God's love for us. That, that the Lord Jesus, that God himself would come and, and die for us. He went to the very depth. The width of his love, if you think of, of a river and how wide the river is, we would often kind of recognize the width of the river by the amount of ground it covers. Think of all that God's love has covered. It's covered it all. It's covered it all. The width of his love, the height of his love, up to the heavens and the length for all eternity, that we might grasp that. What, what, a, what an incredible prayer. And if, as if to make the point, verse 19, that we might know this love that surpasses knowledge. That's a good prayer. That we might know something that goes beyond being knowable. <laughs> that we might know it. That we might know God's love uh, that surpasses all knowledge. And we need it because life is, is, is challenging. It's tough. It's hard. And we need that. We need to, to, to make room in our hearts and minds for, for the Lord who lives within us, that we might grasp his love and we might give him room to work. That the language of this prayer being about filling and fullness and glory just points us to a couple of events of the Old Testament. Just let me mention them. And it is very brief. In Exodus chapter 40, God's people have been saved out of Egypt and they're in the wilderness and they're living in their tents and God instructs them to build God's tent in the middle of their tent, the tabernacle, and gives them very uh, clear and specific instructions on how it's to be built and they build it. And then this is what we read, Exodus 40, verse 34, if you're taking notes. The tabernacle was built in the wilderness, Sorry, and when it was finished, here it is, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And now the people who are saved are going to be able to get to know the God who saved them. As they come to the tabernacle to do business with God, to to receive forgiveness, to sacrifice, to praise, to know him, to experience him, to enjoy him. The the tabernacle is there and it's filled with the glory of God. As the storyline moves on, eventually a temple is built by Solomon. And a very similar dynamic takes place. Again, the temple, once it's finished, uh, 1 Kings 8 verse 10. Once the people of Israel had settled in their land, they built that temple. And as the temple is finished, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Again, God comes to, to fill the temple. A place where people can go to... To, to know they're forgiven, to, to do business with God, to enjoy him. And now that again, the wonder, it's that same point. The wonder is that because of Jesus, because of his, all that he's done for us, because of his resurrection and ascension, he comes to live within us. We become the temple. He wants to fill us 
He wants to fill us that, that we can, we don't have to go somewhere to do business with God, but, but he comes to live within us. That we might know his forgiveness continually. We might know his grace, that we might enjoy his presence. That we might be filled to the measure of all the fullness, as it were, of God. To ask, to kneel, and finally, and this is much shorter, to reflect. To reflect, or, or if you prefer the word praise. That's a good word as well to reflect. One, uh, one author I, I read as I was looking at this used this phrase, to be mesmerized by God. I like that. To be mesmerized by him. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul kind of sums it all up to finish this part. It says, let's be mesmerized by God. To him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more, immeasurably more than raising us up from the dead, immeasurably more than seating us in the heavenly realms with Christ, immeasurably more than enabling us to walk in the way of love, immeasurably more than being able to stand against all the enemy's schemes, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. Within us. Because as we've seen, hopefully several times, it's because he comes to live within us. Because he makes his home within us. His power at work within us. Let's be mesmerized by God. We're going we're gonna to stop there and, and um, I'd like us to just have an opportunity to, to, uh, to respond um, a little bit. So I'm going to ask those who are going to lead us in song, if they'll come to, uh, to, to the front. We've got two songs to close. And, uh, and this is uh, what, what I'd like us to do. Just during that, that for the first song, we're all going to be stood up. And it may be that this morning it's just a time to sing. Not just the time, but it's just appropriate to sing and, and, and praise and, and that's wonderful. But maybe this morning, just we sing that song, you just wanna just wanna stay seated. Maybe it's just a chance just to reflect, to be mesmerized by God, to just consider all that He's done. Maybe it's a time to reflect, maybe it's a time to ask. What's 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 your what's your prayer request? Is it is there something you need to do to make room for him in your heart or your mind? Ask him to f- come and fill, fill you up again. Or maybe, and, and maybe it's just a maybe, maybe this morning it's a morning to kneel. Maybe it's a morning to kneel. Because it's just, you just want the Lord to do something that you can't do. It's, it's so interesting to me that Paul is teaching, isn't he, as he writes these letters. But in chapter 2 and chapter 3, he prays. Because sometimes there's stuff we can't do. And only God can do. Maybe it's a morning to kneel. And say, Lord, I'm pouring out my heart, but I can't do it. I can't do whatever it is. But you can. Maybe it's a morning to kneel. And, and just in this first song, if, you, if you'd like to, um, maybe you, you can't kneel, that's fine. 
Um, you might want to just sit, come and sit at the front or, or kneel. Nothing embarrassing is going to happen. No one's going to ask you any questions. Um, but after, we're going to sing this first song and then at the end of it, I'm going to pray and I'll pray this prayer for us. Just using this, the words of the Bible, words of scripture to pray for us. And, and, it, and, and coming forward isn't a sign for anyone other than just a sign for ourselves to say, you know what, Lord, I need you. I need you. I can't, but I believe you can. And I might be, maybe even I can't find the words. That's all right. Sometimes just kneeling is saying, I can't, but you can. So as we, can we stand? And we'll sing this first song. If you'd like to stay seated, please do. If you'd like to kneel, please do. If you're ha- uh, happy to sing, please do.